If you're going to be a great communicator, the first thing you do is you think about the people who are about to walk in this room. Who are they? What are their needs? What is it that I can say? What is it that I can do that'll connect with them until they say, oh my gosh, he's here to help me. People can tell almost immediately whether you care about them or whether you care about yourself. I walk out on stage, I sit on a bar stool, and I say, my name is John, I'm your friend. On the count of three, give me your name, one, two, three, hello, good to meet you. Now, now what am I doing? I'm making sure that they understand that it's all about them. Come on this journey with me. Each week when you join me, we are going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. Fasten your seatbelts. I'm ready for my close-up. Hi, and welcome back. I'm so excited for you to meet our guest this week. John Maxwell, number one New York Times bestselling author, speaker, coach, and leader who has sold more than 34 million books. He's the founder of Maxwell Leadership, a leadership development organization that has trained tens of millions of leaders in every nation, having been recognized as the number one leader in business and as the world's most influential leadership expert. Maxwell continues to influence individuals and organizations worldwide, from Fortune 500 CEOs and national leaders to entrepreneurs and the leaders of tomorrow. John, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's great to be with you. You've done a lot of good for a lot of people. And so thanks for letting me join you. I, I always love coming alongside people that are always doing well and just hopefully adding a little bit of value to them. And of course, obviously, to the people that uh, follow you on your podcast. So thanks for having me today. Oh, my gosh. Well, I got to get to straight talk because my people know I like to call out the real story. So for everyone listening, I had the opportunity a couple of months ago to meet John in person in Orlando at one of his incredible Maxwell Leadership events. And John, I don't even know if you know this, it was one of the most transformational events for me, particularly because it was the first time for me from a business perspective, I was with a group of people, primarily men, who were bringing faith into a conversation around business. And it was such a moving experience for me. I have to tell you, it's just, it was really life-changing for me. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for the events that you put together, the books that you write and the work that you do. You made quite an impact on my life. Well, thank you. And the, I would say the same to you. And it was so great to have you there. And what we're really looking forward to is in our organizations is doing more work with you because you help so many people. And somebody told me the other day, they said, John, I figured out why you're very successful. I said, well, good, help me out. How, how did I get very successful? And then they said, well, you, you're very successful because you help people become very successful. And as soon as they said that, I thought, yeah, I think that's what I do. And uh, so when I can come and be with you and add value to you, and you have so many people that receive so much from you, then it's a real plus. I, I love to work with leaders because if I add value to leaders, I multiply value to others. And that's what we're doing today. So thanks for giving me the opportunity. Well, today we get the opportunity to talk about John's newest book, The 16 Undeniable Laws of Communication, which John, I am constantly asked about how to be a better speaker. How do I speak up in meetings? How do I own my voice? It, it's probably the most common questions and topics I'm asked about and, and having you know read your book and done some research on this topic, it was so 
mind-blowing to me. Harvard Business Review says the most important skill for advancement in business is effective communication. This book should be critical reading for everybody. I agree. In fact, uh, of course, I'm in the studio today, but this is the book. And, uh, you know, Heather, Warren Buffett, of course, he's known for finances. I mean, he's, you know, a multi-multi-billionaire, and people go to him. He's the sage of how to make money. And what's interesting is he said the most important life skill a person can develop is their communication. Because he said, if you can communicate well, whatever business you're in, what are we doing? We're always, we're talking about our vision. We're talking about the direction we're having. We're trying to sit and have a, a dinner with somebody that we're trying to influence. The ability to connect with people, communicate, articulate the vision, the dream, the heart, it's just essential to success. So I loved writing the book. I've been communicating for over 50 years. I've, I've spoken 13,000 times, okay? So I love your expression, Heather, but of course you're young, you know. I mean, you, you can't imagine, you, you know, to somebody, I've written 88 books, I've spoken 13,000 times, and I tell people it's no big deal at all, you just have to be old. If you're not old, you, you can't do that. So. I fill out the old category, so that's what I do. But I've communicated for over 50 years, and uh, I, I just love teaching it because I watch people, when they learn to connect with others through communication, they just they just become more successful. And every person that's on this podcast today can think of somebody they really need to connect well with, of great idea they need to present, or of value they need to share. And it's all through the ability to learn how to communicate in such a way that you draw people into you, you influence them because you connect well with them. And so anyway, I loved writing the book and it's done extremely well. And, uh, you know, I've written four books on the laws, the laws of leadership, 21 laws of leadership, 17 laws of teamwork, 15 laws of personal growth, and the 16 laws of communication. And and I've loved doing the laws. They just work. And, and when people pick them up, they can apply them immediately and off they go. So anyway, it's I've had a lot of fun writing the book and talking about it. Well, I'm a big fan of never take direction from someone who hasn't been where you're going. You have been where all of us want to go. And this is the man to take the direction from. John, you break down in, I believe it was the, the law of connection, which I think you said was the most powerful and important law within the book and, and, and the major key for everyone. What I like and it was an epiphany moment for me is, you paint the picture and describe that while we all want to be authorities or we want to be perceived that we're, you know, that we have credibility and that we're adding value, sometimes we're distancing ourselves from other people when we're trying to allow others to perceive us in this regard. And that idea around connection is really about getting stripping back all of these titles and awards and said coming together as we're all just human. How were you able to do that so powerfully? Heather, you're just on the bullseye here. I mean, if somebody would sit and say, John, what's the one thing? Forget 16 laws. What's the one thing that I need to do to really be able to communicate in such a way that I connect with people? I would just simply say, you have to get over yourself. I have to get over me before I can ever connect with you. You, you see, if, if I'm trying to connect with you, Heather, but I'm thinking about, well, I, I hope, I hope, I hope my presentation's good. And I, I, I man, I hope, I hope she likes me while I'm doing this. And man, I, 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 I hope that I'm saying things that really, see, it's all about me. And, and what I learned, I cannot dwell on me and connect with you. 
So I have to look at me at ease with me and, and say to myself, this is Heather's moment, not John's moment. So I'm not looking for at the end of my communication for you to say, John, you're amazing. I'm looking for you at the end of our conversation to look at yourself and say, I'm amazing. You can't have both worlds. So only one can be amazing, either the audience or the speaker. And if you are not over yourself, then you have to, you know, what What am I looking for? Applause. People, oh my gosh, that was the most, I've never heard anything like this. The moment that I put all that behind me and I focus on you, you see, what we focus on expands. So if I focus on my audience, they expand. But if I focus on me, then I, I expand. And I've put me behind me because what you don't see shrinks. And what you do see expands. I put me behind me and say, okay, John, it's not about you. It's about Heather. It's about her team. And now I'm just focused completely on you. And that's critical. And for many years, by the way, it was on me. So I didn't start off getting over myself. I think all of us start and we're scared stiff because, you know, people are already scared of speaking. And so, uh, you know, oh, I, I hope I do this right. And I hope they like it. One of the things I tell people to help them get over themselves is you're never good the first time, so relax. You know, people say, well, I've never done this before, so I really want to do it good. I say, oh, relax. You're not going to be that good. And, and, and you're not good the second time either, and you're not really hot the third or fourth time. But once I understand it's not about me, what's the difference between maturity and immaturity? An immature person, they see everything from their personal perspective. A mature person has the ability to see things from the perspective of others, and how we view things is how we do things. And so the moment that I understand as a communicator that I'm supposed to put my attention on you, now I'm going to be able to really add value to you while I speak. We did a, a, a video when this book was launched, and it's kind of evergreen, so it shows up every once in a while. But I told the producers, I didn't want to start on stage. I wanted to start in the audience. And so the cameras are on me, and I'm in, an, I'm, I'm in an, a, a, a room where the people are going to sit. Nobody's even in the room yet. And I say, now, if you're going to be a great communicator, the first thing you do is you think about the people that are about to walk in this room. Who are they? What are their needs? What is it that I can say? What is it that I can do that'll connect with them until they say, oh, my gosh, he's here to help me? And, and, and it starts there. So when I focus on others— and value them, then what happens is, is people can tell almost immediately whether you care about them or whether you care about yourself. They, they can just tell almost immediately, what, what do I do? I walk, out on the, I walk out on stage, I sit on a bar stool, and I say, my name is John, I'm your friend. On the count of three, give me your name, one, two, three, hello, good to meet you. Now, now what am I doing? I'm making sure that they understand that it's all about them. In fact, in the book, one of my statements is, your first impression should be the true expression of who you really are. And when you become successful, success separates you from people. And it's kind of sad, really. It makes me sad because I didn't ever want it to be that way. But I can remember when I started out and, you know, during a break, I would, if the people that were attending, I'd just go down front and talk to them and, you know, just get to know who they were. I, I in fact, I love the breaks. And then I get up and speak. And then I remember one time I went down and to say hi to everybody. And a couple of people had a couple of my books and said, would you sign them? Well, sure. I'll be glad to sign them. 
And in the next few months, instead of me taking breaks where I could go down and just hang with the people, now there's a line. And I'm signing books. And I'm saying, okay, we're starting to get separated here. And then they wanted pictures. We're getting separated more. And, and I think you have to ask yourself, do I want fans or do I want friends? If I want fans, I'll keep that separation because that's how you build. Fans come and hear you sing or they just say, oh, my gosh, they're amazing. Nobody could ever do what they do. And so if you want to be a star, you create gaps between yourself and everyone else. But if you want to be a friend, you close that gap. And, and the way to close the gap is it's not about me. It's, 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 totally, it's totally about you. So the success of my communication is when I'm done, the people say, wow, I can do this. They, they walk out empowered. They, they walk out thinking better of themselves than they walked in. Now I know I've done well because I've added value to that person who came to hear me. When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular, and it is just so easy, all because I use Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got fired. Launching my own business seemed so intimidating. I didn't know how to set up a website, and I really didn't need to. Shopify does it all for you, and they make it so easy. It was that breakthrough moment for me that I realized, I can do this. I can go to work for myself, thanks to Shopify what I love about Shopify is you don't need to have all this technology information ready to, you don't need to know how to plan and run things. You just need to go to the platform, turn it on and know what you're selling. And Shopify is going to help you figure out the rest. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries, including your girl right here. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Monahan all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Monaghan now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Monaghan. No matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. Okay, so let me guess. Like me, you get stressed out during the work week. Maybe some nights it's even really difficult to fall asleep because you have so much to do, so much pressure on you, being a parent, working, dealing with difficult clients, traffic, just all of the regular headaches that everybody's dealing with. I got you on this one. I decided to try a different approach because I was sick of feeling 
anxious and stressing out about falling asleep at night. Well, that's where CBD from CB Distillery came in. And wow, it has been a real change. CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality, clean ingredients. No fluff, no fillers, just pure, effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experience more calm. 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity, and 90% said they slept better with CBD. If you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief, make the change that I made to CB Distillery. With over 2 million customers and a solid 100% money-back guarantee, CB Distillery is the source to trust. I have a 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code confidence for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com, code confidence, cbdistillery.com. I had the opportunity to interview Sarah Blakely and Jesse Itzler live on stage at a sales conference. And at the end, it went really well. We got a standing ovation. Sarah and I jumped up, ran off the stage. We were high-fiving and back, celebrating how great we were. Her husband, Jesse Itzler, I said, where's Jesse? She said, oh, he always goes and handshakes every single person in the audience. He was doing just what you're saying. And and for me, that moment, I'll never forget that I said to myself, I'm never going to be great at this if I don't go make it about these people. And it was just such a great, like it just gave me that visual when you're talking, it's exactly what you're saying. That's a game changer. Yeah, in fact, I've seen Jesse do that in my conferences before we knew it. And you're exactly right because it's all, it's all about the people. But let me tell you something. It can't all be all about the people if it has to be all about me. And and so I wrote up, this is fun, Heather. I don't know if you know this, but there's a major guy in Nashville that has a large writing company there, uh, songwriting. And he, he got a hold of me and he said, John, your books helped me build this business. But he said, you ought to do songs about your books. And, and of course, I never thought about doing songs about my, I mean, I, I you know, that's not my world. And I thought, how fun would this be? And he said, I'll give you the best writers in Nashville. You come in the studio and and, and we'll we'll write. You you can write songs. And and so I said, Well, I'll do it. Well, I don't know if you ever heard me teach. I have a teaching that says if you're at the head of the class, you're in the wrong class. So get out of it. Because if you're head of the class, you're telling everybody else what to do, but you're not learning, you're not growing. So, well, when I go up to Nashville, go and these are, are major songwriters. I mean, they have number one hits. I'm not at the head of, I'm at the very bottom of the class. And it was so fun. And they were so kind to me. And, and I learned how they did it. And I'm throwing stuff out and they're throwing stuff out. And we're, and we're creating these songs. And, and we've, in fact, we've released two of them now and they're doing, both of them doing very well. But one of the songs is entitled Get Over Myself. And it's from the, it's from this book, from the 16 Laws of, of Communication book. And the chorus, it's it's a lot of fun. In fact, for your people, if you, wherever you get music, Spotify, Amazon, I don't know where you get your music, uh, just just get over myself is one, and the other one is Day by Day, which is from my book, Today Matters. But on Get Over Myself, the chorus, I just love it. It says, I, I've got to find myself to know myself. I've got to know myself to be myself. I've got to be myself to improve myself. i got to improve myself so I can get over myself so I can give myself to you. And it's just the way it is. That's the way life is. It's not only true for book writing, and it's not only true for speaking. It's true for relationships in life. It's true for everything in life. The day that I understand it's not about me, it's all about them. 
is the day that I began to make huge, what I call connection progress. Uh, But you'd never connect as long as you're too concerned about. If I'm too concerned about me, I'll never connect with you and I'll never connect with the audience. And that's what I try to help communicators do. Just focus on the people. One of the things that people listening, I guarantee are thinking right now, that's easy for you to say because you have achieved so much success. You're very confident when you take a stage. What about for the people listening and and getting your book that are not confident, that struggle with self-doubt? What are some of the things that you recommend them to do? Well, well, first of all, that's where I was. See, see the problem, Heather, the problem is today people see me today. And they see me on the back end of years of compounding success. If I had one wish, I mean, if a genie could pop out of the bottle for us today and, 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 and she would say, John, what's your one wish? My one wish would be this. I wish people could have seen me when I began. If, if they could have seen me when, the, I, when I really began, they would be greatly encouraged because I wasn't any good and I wasn't self-confident and I didn't do it right. And everything was focused on me. I mean, when I got up to speak, it wasn't like I, you could, I could have spoken without a crowd. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to do it right and get it right. And did they like me? And am I coming out? For, so what I want everybody to know is, uh, honestly, we all begin with fear. We all begin with questions. We all begin with doubt. But how do we overcome it? We overcome it by practice. Now, this is the big miss. If I try to wait before I do something to get the answer, I never accomplish much in life. The answer is in the action. It always has been. It always will be. In fact, I have a whole teaching called Action Attraction. And the whole thesis about the teaching is when I know who I am and when I know what I want, and I take action, all of a sudden, my eyes will see things I've never seen before. My ears will hear things I've never heard before. My heart will feel things I've never felt before. It's in the action, Heather, that makes us grow and learn. So how do I become a great leader? Practice as a bad leader. And, and, and there's a day when I'm not that bad. I'm, I'm not really great yet, but I'm average. And, and the issue is this. In the beginning, we don't see much progress because all of our work gets stored up before it shows up. And, and so the miss is when it's being stored up, we see no progress at all. But it's, it's growing. It's getting there. It it hasn't gotten there yet, but it's getting there. And there's one day that it fills up and it starts to spill over. And we say, oh my gosh, look what I just did. But there was a large storing up before there was a little showing up. That's why consistency compounds and you got to stay with it. So when I started speaking, I was an average speaker. Somebody says, well, how did you get so good? Well, do it 13,000 times to audiences of all kinds, sizes, and shapes around the world. Hey, let's put it this way. If I'm not really great at it now, I chose the wrong profession. You with me? I mean, <laughs> I, hey, now I'm, in, now I'm in real deep weeds. So when people start off, they always start off in a deficit. We always start behind the eight ball. We got to go up and get in the batter's box. We don't get to go to third base. We, you know, we strike out a lot. We we do all kinds of things that, and, and that does see, but that's a sign also, Heather, that you're getting over yourself. 
when you can, when, when those disappointments and those losses and those misses and those failures come your way, if you don't get over yourself, you take them personal and you just basically let them paralyze you and you sit on the shelf of life and you wish. But if you don't take yourself personal, you just say, well, that's what happens when you grow. You lose a lot and you miss a lot and you don't do it right. And it's okay. What did I learn from that? Now, what can I do to change it to make it better? So it's 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 a long process. And I just wish everybody could, again, if all of the people that watch or listen to your podcast, had if they could have seen me in the beginning, they'd all be so greatly encouraged that they just say, oh my gosh. The problem is they see me on the end. And, 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 and the people look at you and see you where you are already confident, already a, a, a successful speaker, writer. They see that. But it's our job to help them know how bad we were in the beginning. It really is our job because we don't help people by impressing them. We, we help people by talking about what we didn't do well and how we learned to do it better. That's how we, you know, do you want, if you want to impress people, talk about your success. If you want to impact people, talk about your failure. And, and I much rather talk about what I didn't do right and what I learned from not doing it right because that's what helped me to get it right. And I think that's the big miss sometimes. And so for everybody watching or listening to this podcast, just just get started. And, and it's okay. You, and you won't be that good. So don't get overly excited. Just understand you got you to gotta do it the first time so you can do it the second time, so you can do it the third time, so you can do it the fourth time, so you can do it the fifth time, so you can do it enough times till all of a sudden you improve. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, it's so true. And data doesn't lie. So I like to look at posts that perform the best for me on social. And I'll tell you, John, to your point, one of the best performing videos I've ever posted is a video clip of me, short clip from 15 years ago when I was speaking um, at the National Association of Broadcasters, thousands of people there, one of my first times ever in front of a large audience. I read from a teleprompter the whole time. It's so painful to watch. It's embarrassing. And then I do a cut to my TEDx talk where I'd been speaking for 15 plus years after. And I show those two side by side to show what's possible for anyone if you're willing to put the work in, you know, prep, practice and, and keep showing up. And, and people love that just because it's owning that we all start off as a beginner at some point. So I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and and you, your best help to them is the before. They need to see Heather in the beginning. So then they really value what Heather's done as far. It's hard work. It's hard work. You you, ha, you you didn't get there by accident. You had to be highly intentional and completely consistent in that process. And, and you know, that, that's why I tell people all the time. I, I say, you know, everything worthwhile is uphill. It's all uphill. You know, one yeah. of the things that you taught me or opened my eyes to that I wasn't previously aware of is I used to think for a quote unquote speaker, again, everybody's a speaker because everyone's communicating, as you said, day in and day out. But as a quote unquote speaker, that you had to be the highest energy and work the whole stage. And then I got to see you speak. I had never seen this done before. Swear you sat on a stool yeah. and captivated an audience with thousands of people and never stood up. And it was mind-blowing for me. What what gave you that idea to, to come up with that? I've never seen anyone do that successfully before. 
Well, what gave me my, that idea is that I realized in my speaking, I was overpowering people. I was very excited about what I was teaching and passionate about it. And I want everybody to get it quick. And, and so I was just going 90 miles an hour and I'm just, you know, and I, 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 I'm a little bit in their face and I, you, you know, and one day I began to realize I don't have conversation like that. And, and, and so I said, I think I need to go from being this uh, passionate speaker to this uh, thoughtful communicator. And how do I express thoughtfulness? Let's sit down. Let's just talk. And the moment I sat down, it just, it was, it was, it's kind of like down boy, down boy, relax. You know what I mean? Start now to enjoy the audience, have a conversation with the people. And the moment that I started having conversations with people instead of speaking to people, the moment I, I basically say, here, come and sit beside me. Let's just talk. It was drastic how quick the change was. I remember the time, Heather, I was walking around on stage, just talking to people. And I sit a while, talk a while, you know, walk a while, move around. And I remember there was something I was just really wanting them to, I wanted them to really catch. And so I, there were some steps going down to the people. And so I started, went down about two steps and I just sat there on the stage. I will never forget that audience. They just went, and all of a sudden, I saw visually I had connected with them. And that's when I learned what I call, and I talk about it in the book, the power of the pause, the, the ability and the willingness to be teaching and to say something that they really need to kind of think about for a moment, and I just stop. And, and maybe, I don't know, I just walk back to my bar stool and sit down for, you know, the pause is for three seconds, five, just, just let them think. And, and the effect that it has on the audience, because what I've done is I said, I'm going to trust you to now just think about what I said. And I'm not going to interrupt you, and I'm not going to rush you. And when I teach speaking and communication, I try to get them to pause, and I find it's the hardest thing for speakers to do. And, and, and yet it's, it's powerful. It's effective. I mean, I've paused sometimes for five, six, seven seconds, and, and, and the people are just... And then all of a sudden it hit me, Heather, the reason that speakers don't like to pause is that when you pause, you give up control. I watch speakers speak fast because they want to keep control. What they don't realize is they're losing the audience. The audience can't keep up with them mentally. And so, but when I pause, really, I'm giving you control now. I'm, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm vulnerable to you. I'm, I'm basically saying the things I've been teaching you Think about it for a moment. It's okay. I'll, I'll wait on you. And, and then what happens is, this is so huge. It's in the pause that the person gets the whisper. It's in the pause. For all a moment, I've given them something to think about, and then I pause. That's when they all of a sudden have that feeling or that inclination or that idea. And I just allowed them to join me in the talk. And it's just absolutely the return, the return of, of hesitation or uh, moving around or, 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 you know, varying your speech as far as tone and pace. It's now all of a sudden, that's like a conversation. 
Now, all of a sudden, I become a trusted friend of yours. I, I, I don't want to be an expert. I really want to be a friend that just has a lot of experience and wants to share my wisdom with you. That's kind of what I really want. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Teams buried in manual work, taking forever to close the books. Getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000, 25, 1. 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25? NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Nothing is as powerful as having all of the information you need in one place to make better decisions. And right now is a time with NetSuite's unprecedented offer. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellence in performance. Absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Monaghan. That's netsuite.com slash Monaghan to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash Monaghan. PSA to small businesses ready for an exclusive offer? Just Work supports small businesses with simple, seamless solutions like integrated payroll. Now for a limited time only, try out their payroll plan for one month free. As a reliable and flexible platform, Just Works earns back time so you can focus on running your small business with big confidence. You've got enough on your plate. Save time with payroll that checks all the boxes, like automated payments, tax calculations, withholdings, and expert support. And the best part? No hidden fees. Designed to be flexible, JustWorks can support teams of one to as many as your small business hires, including contractors. In just 30 minutes, set up payroll that streamlines paying your team, saves time, mitigates errors, and is desktop and mobile friendly. You can even integrate time tracking and benefits that support running your small business with big confidence. Don't miss your chance to get one month free by visiting JustWorks.com slash confidence. Secure the limit limited time offer and start letting JustWorks run your payroll so you don't have to. Start your free month now at JustWorks.com slash confidence. One of the things that you got into in the book that I really appreciate because number one, I needed the power of the pause and I need to continue to work on that and get better at that. So thank you for bringing that one up. But also you talk about visuals and imaging. And if I wanted to see if you could share a little bit around that, I have been uh, apprehensive to include, I, I can't stand when I see someone do tons of PowerPoint slides. So in my mind, I, I shut down at that idea. So I've never really leaned into it. But then in reading your book, there's some big value takeaways for, for using that. How do you know how to balance and when to use that? Well, I, well first of all, I don't use PowerPoint at all. Well, when I said may, maybe one out of a hundred speeches, I'll I have a I have a teaching called the five levels of leadership where they need to visually see how to climb the levels that I do. But but seldom do I use any kind of PowerPoint. The visualness I'm talking about is the expressions that I have as a, a communicator. 
And, and, and so uh, one of the great things about today with technology is everybody sees you pretty close because of the screens and, and that technology, where at one time, if they were very far back, they lost that visually. So, so now I know everybody's watching pretty much the, and, and so my, my, my ability to laugh at myself, people love, people love it, you know, you know, and I'll look at something and I'll say, oh my gosh, did I say that? You know, whenever I can give an expression that is a natural expression of a person that they would give if they weren't being watched. Now, here's the key. See, the moment I think people are watching me, I get inhibited on visual expression. Oh my gosh. So I, instead of look at people as they're watching me, I'm just doing the visual expressions I would do if I was by myself or with you and I in a one-on-one in -on -one conversation. And so it allows me to begin to express myself more. And, and so what I think is, I think, I think I said a while, I need to walk a while. I need, I need to turn around. I need to go over there and sit on the stage for a while. I ask questions. I want to ask questions, especially for the international. I, I found the key. I speak a lot internationally, a lot. And I found because there's so much barrier in international speaking and communication, and I, I could feel it because humor is not the same. They don't understand the, it, there's just a lot of misses, uh, big misses. And one of the things I learned was when I travel internationally, first thing I do is I walk out, tell them how thrilled I am to be here and so nice. And then I say, you're going to have to help me today as I talk. I got to help John. <laughs> and I'll say, I'm going to say things you probably are not going to understand because of customs and culture. So whenever I get ready to tell a story, a lot of times I'll just ask you a question. Like I have a story about my father who paid us as we grew up to read books. And so uh, he gave us an allowance. Well, if I talk about an allowance in America, everybody knows, you know, that's what you give your kids, take out the garbage or whatever. Okay. So when I go international, I'll say, I'd like to tell you a story, but I'm not sure it will connect here. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you give your children allowance for doing chores? And 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 it's, sometimes I'll say yes, yeah, we do. Oh, okay, good. Okay, thank you. That helped me a lot. Okay, so if I talk about and and see, they're just giving me permission. They can hardly wait for me to tell the story. They the only reason I'm telling the story is they said yes, you can tell the story. Now they want to really hear the story. You you see what? I'm, now I I can I could not do that. But the moment I do that, that endears, you know, that endears me to the heart of the people. Because let me tell you something. Everybody in the audience needs to think that they know something that you don't know. So I, I stay with the expert stuff doesn't do much for me. The expert stuff says, I know more than you do. Sit down, take notes, shut up. And, and I, I don't want that. I, that's not what I want. I want to always, that's why when I, for example, when I hear a speaker ask a question that the audience can't answer, I want to raise my hand and say, oh, my gosh, I disqualify you. Get off the stage. You, you, you just you broke a huge rule. I mean, I mean, I've heard speakers go out and say, okay, how many miles is it to the, to the moon? Well, I don't know. I see it every day, but I, I know. It's a, long, it, hey, it's a long way. Okay, but I don't know exactly how many miles. And so everybody's sitting there, and they feel a little dumb because they don't know how many miles. And then the speaker says, well, there are you know, $6,432,000,000, million, and they give you the number. And I sit there, and I say, the speaker only did that for their own benefit. The speaker is a smart ass. The speaker is trying to tell the audience 
that he or she knows something that they don't know. That separates you from the people. There's no connection there. Gosh, you just you just kicked them out of the auditorium. They're out in the parking lot now because of that kind of thing. So I never ask questions that the audience doesn't already know. So when I ask the questions, they go, oh, here, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, we, we do, George. Well, now what happens is immediately they're helping me. They added value to me. And that's endearing. That's what, that's what brings connection. Does that make sense? Yes, I, I love that. And actually, one of the questions that I, in, in some of my talks that I ask is, I when I get nervous, my feet sweat. And I know people don't like talking about it, but I've had shoes come off when I'm walking out of my high heels on a stage. So I learned to just make a joke about it and people, and I'll be like, am I, can I see your show? Does anyone else get sweaty feet? If this is real people, people love that because of course some people, I mean, not everybody, but some people have that, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't want to further separate myself. I'm looking for ways for them to see that we are so similar and we're all struggling with these same things. That's a perfect, that's a perfect example right there. The moment you tell them your feet sweat or you say, my gosh, I, I'm going to slip I got to take my shoes off. If you don't mind, I'm going to slip out of my shoes. Have you ever, see, they all say, oh my gosh, she's just like us. And the moment you're just like us, now they are so receptive to what you have for them. It just works. What about those people that, this is something that I hear a lot from people. They feel like, yeah, you've got a great story to tell because you did A, B, C, or D. I I don't have, I don't have something to, to bring forward. I haven't done anything special. The story is special not because they've done anything special. The story is special because they're special. There's, that's a big miss. Everybody has a story. Now, they, not, they, they may not have a rise to success story like you, Heather, but everybody has a story. And what I tell people all the time is, just think back when something happened to you, something you did that just really taught you an important lesson. Tell me what that story is. And so I make them think. And they'll say, well, I, I was, I'm seven years old. And here we That's your story. You just need to tell your story. This is, guess what? When I was seven, I learned this. But I wouldn't have learned it if this wouldn't have happened. Tell, tell your story. And what happens is the story that is yours is more important than the story that is great about someone else. And this is a huge miss again in communication. My story, even though it isn't near as big as Heather's story, my story is my story. And when I set the stage for, okay, you've heard bigger stories than what I'm going to give, but the story I'm going to give is the one that changed my life. They're there. Does that make sense? Yes, that's so good. And that just helps so many people. And yeah. and for everyone listening, you got to watch some of this footage of John, how masterfully he conducts himself sitting down speaking sitting down it's all about this conversation and just pulling people in just being yourself it's it's so incredibly powerful in the the law of thermostat i i believe it was you yes. talk about the lighting and some of the different tactics that you can implement with the audience to have more impact. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, well, the law of the thermostat is basically leaders read the temperature or read the room and turn up the temperature. And, and, and basically, they, they respond in their communication based upon what's out there. And what you're referring to in the book is the fact that I literally, 
I literally go into the auditorium or the room where I'm going to speak before the people come. And I, I, I tell the, you know, whoever the sound light people, I said, give me, tell me, show me how much light you have in this room. And, and because I know what they're going to want to do. They're going to want to turn the light down. All, all, all you know, if you were born to, to run a console, you want to have darkness. And, and I don't want darkness. And the reason I don't want to have darkness, Heather, is, is if I am putting on a show, if I'm performing, I want darkness. But if I'm communicating, I want light. Because in communicating, one of the great joys of communicating, for example, if I was a comedian, I'd want the lights way up because the more you see other people laugh, the more you laugh. The more you see the people respond. So I not only want the lights up so I can see the eyes and and because I, I read off of what the people are, the visualness of them, I read off what I should do next with them. But I also want them to see, and when you see everybody else around and everybody else is taking notes, guess what? You'll start taking notes. So I want the lights up. Because I'm not a performer. If I'm a performer, turn the lights down. Because if you're a performer, it truly is all about me. But if I, but it's it's all about oh my gosh, what a John's such an incredible actor. Oh my! If I'm a performer, it's about me. If I'm a communicator, it's about you. If it's about you, lights have. Like I tell people, if it's about you, the lights should be up. Just like if it's about me, the lights should be up on me. So turn the lights up. And when you begin to do those kind of things. Uh, because when your lights go up, people have energy. When lights go down, they lose energy. And so, you know, it's it's just, it's, and so, and I go to the board, I explain everything to the board guys, and they'll tell me about all the shows they've conducted and all the stars. I say, I know, but I'm not that good, so you're just going to have to help me and turn the lights up. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and away we go. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it really, it does work. And to your point, and, and I know you talk about this in the book as well, is not only are you asking questions of yourself and, and forecasting the audience. But then when you're live, you're looking at their responses in real time. How does that dictate and drive you? Totally. And I communicate based upon their response. They really, they're the conductor. I'm the orchestra. I watch them follow their cues and go right where they are. And when they're loving it, I just stay right there in that patch for a while. When they're not loving it, I get out of that patch as fast as I can and get somewhere where they're going to like it. John, this book, The 16 Undeniable Laws of Communication, is incredible and can help so many people. And your team let me know that we have an exclusive offer for everybody listening to the show right now that you guys are getting a limited time discount on the book plus free shipping Go to www.16lawsofcommunication.com and use promo code Heather at checkout. I can't thank you enough for your time here, for creating this book, for sharing your wisdom after all of the work that you have put in giving back to us. It means the world to me. Thank you. It means the world to me that you had me. And thanks a lot for sharing me with your viewers, the people that follow you and listen to you. You're you're just growing really well. You're just developing and you're just getting better every day. And we're going to get together again soon. And August 14th in Orlando. Hey guys, get a ticket for John's event in Orlando. It's incredible. And it does happen to be my birthday. So we are going to party in Orlando and I can't wait for it. Is that your birthday? It is. I'm glad you told me. <laughs> okay. We'll have something special for you when you come. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see you, John. Thank you so much. Good to see you. Have a great one. 
All right, guys, keep creating confidence. Stop and get the book, The 16 Undeniable Laws of Communication. We'll see you next week. on this journey with me. Hi, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast that I am so excited about, Negotiate Your Best Life, hosted by Rebecca Zung, a part of the Yap Media Network. As a globally renowned narcissist negotiation expert and an attorney recognized by U.S. News as a best lawyer in America, Rebecca shares her invaluable insights and strategies for navigating life's toughest negotiations. By drawing from her own experiences and the wisdom of her high-profile guests, such as Bob Proctor, Mark Victor Hansen, John Gordon, and Rebecca delivers empowering advice that will inspire you to reclaim control of your life. Negotiate Your Best Life is all about how to negotiate your way to greatness. She provides practical guidance on how to break free from toxic relationships, stand up against injustice, and transform chaos into freedom, possibility, and purpose. Many times, the first negotiation you do is with your own in the morning. In the morning is when you wake up, and that's when Negotiate Your Best Life is time for you. It's about to find your way to greatness, conquering obstacles, and creating the life you truly deserve. Get ready to slay thrive and unlock your full potential. Don't believe me? I'm going to go ahead and share some of the reviews that are out there so you can hear and you can believe too. You have helped me so much these last few weeks. I was with a narcissist for two years. She drove me to the point I wanted to take my own life. Listening to you has made a massive difference and now I know what I'm with. Thank you, Rebecca. Now the recovery. Thank you for gifting the knowledge to believe in myself again. You have unknowingly helped me legally represent myself through criminal, federal, and civil court proceedings with a narcissist. There would be so many people around the world that you're helping without even knowing like me. You saved my life. Emma, 35 years old, Australia. If you are ready to stand up against injustice and transform the chaos in your life into freedom, possibility, and purpose, then check out Negotiate Your Best Life now. Subscribe to Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.